Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday, March 6th. We're running short on flannel Fridays. We are, because the season is almost done. I'm not. And you're not flannel, even wearing a flannel, flannel today. today. I'm even wearing short sleeves in hopes that it's going to be warm and sunny today in it's St. Louis. It's like going to be 50, but it's, it's going to be like almost 70 on Sunday. But we're in the March issue of the Lutheran Witness now. So since we're in the March issue, that means it's almost spring, right? It's. I mean, it turns spring this month, doesn't it? Yeah. Ooh, time change this weekend. Time changes this weekend. So uh. remember to set your clocks before you go to bed <laughs> and go to bed early. Otherwise, you'll be late for church. Um, I, especially if you have to go to early service to sing in the choir. Or especially <laughs> if you're the pastor leading the service. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We're taking a look at the uh, the Bible study, searching the scriptures in the March issue of the Lutheran Witness. Uh, and the pastor to help us with that this month is Pastor Peter Ill of Trinity Lutheran Church in Millstadt, Illinois. Pastor, thanks so much for being with us this morning. It is my pleasure uh, to get to be with you today, get to talk a little bit about temptation and what the Bible says about comfort to Christians who are undergoing temptation. It's something that that happens in every Christian's life. Yes, it does. (laughs) Indeed. And uh, looking over the study today, we have a lot of scripture to cover in the time that we have. Uh, Somebody from my congregation came up to me and said, you know, Pastor, I read read that and I went through that study that that you put in the witness kept me flipping through the Bible. It was almost too much Bible. And I thought, <laughs> I don't think you can have too much Bible. But uh, but yes. the Bible does have a lot to say to comfort people who are who are troubled in, in times of temptation. Indeed, indeed. And so let's dig into that. Uh, before we, can we, can we define temptation before we get into the text? Or, or can we ask that question? Or is, is that what the text tells us today? It, <laughs> Sorry. Stump the pastor. Yes. Let's let's jump let's jump into it and right. and then we can pause a little bit a little bit in and and work on a definition for temptation. So we're starting with Genesis today, right? Starting at the very beginning. Yes. It's a very good place to start. <laughs> uh, chapter four, verses one through eight, is that right? That is correct. Would you like to read it? I, I would love to read. <laughs> okay. Genesis four verses one through eight. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother, Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. So what does this text tell us about temptation, and what what are those temptations um, crouching at Cain's door that that's a question that that I can give you my answer and I and I will happily but 
it's also a question that as as we read this account of Cain and the sin crouching at his door, we also end up uh, looking at it through our own lenses. And so when we answer the question, what sin is lurking at Cain's door, we also then see what sin is lurking at, at my door, crouching mm-hmm. at my door. And so when I read this, I hear about jealousy. I hear about anger. I hear about wanting to do things in order that God will accept your gifts and be pleased with you. Ways of trying to 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 get God's favor and to get on God's good side. Uh, I'm not sure that everybody will see the same things uh, lurking for Cain that that I do, because as each of us looks at it with our own lenses, uh, perhaps that reveals my sin. Um, Apparently, I need to go back and talk to my pastor again. Um, (laughs) But because because those are things that I, too, am tempted with. Mm -hmm. And and when we hear this, it becomes a reading of law for us of saying there is sin and and here, especially when we talk about temptation, we're talking about temptation to sin, temptation that that reveals the brokenness of our human flesh and our willingness to listen to the world and the devil as as we live in this world. And you you encourage us to to do just that, to examine ourselves in here in question number one. Well, there are like four questions under number one, but uh, yeah. what, <laughs> what thoughts tempt you away? This is a very personal one, too. What thoughts mm-hmm. tempt you away from God's will for you and which of your actions in your life deny God? Uh, so you encourage us to examine ourselves. Yeah, and... As I was writing this, my goal was to to have the readers and the participants in this study be able to to look at themselves and and maybe this isn't even a question you want to answer in front of other people mm-hmm. um, unless that person is your pastor. Mm-hmm. When you when you do have that chance for self examination, when you feel the the guilt of not always overcoming temptation, uh, it's really important that you have that chance to say that. I do think it's helpful, especially as we're in the season of Lent, though, to say that uh, we use the word temptation in English in a lot of different ways. Uh, Here, we're mostly focusing on temptation to sin because we might look at a piece of chocolate cake and say, boy, that's tempting. Or or you might use it as a hyperbole and say, man... I, I'm tempted to smack you um, when when you're you're just not rolled right off his lips all too easily. You're not really, but but you, you say it that way. But there's there's nothing funny about temptation to sin, mm-hmm. and there is no way to to undersell temptation to sin. This is serious business. And it is something that uh, that Scripture is clear about. It is so clear that God came to Cain and said, uh, "Sin is crouching at your door. Look out for it." Um, and to be able to, then for us to say, "Oh yeah, we need to to be mindful of our own temptations uh, into sin." It's con- is a good thing. Its desire is contrary to you. You must rule over it. Um, ready to go into First Corinthians? I, I hate to cruise through the text too quickly, but First uh, Corinthians chapter ten is what we're looking at next. Yes, we are. Verses one through thirteen. Wonderful. Give me just a second. Sure. Uh, Do. Or if somebody else has it up. Oh, here it is. I used the electronic version Ooh. For today. <laughs> St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 13. 
For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all ate drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and twenty-three thousand fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So we'll get to verse 13 in a minute, because that's one that people love to quote. Um, but first, misquote. misquote, yes, also that. Uh, but first, uh, wh- where do we see uh, the, the temptations that the Israelites were facing here? And, and how do we see ourselves in the same things that they were facing? So St. Paul is making reference to the Exodus um, and to the situations that are recorded in the book of Exodus and in the book of Numbers when the people made a golden calf. And scripture says that they uh, they sat down to eat uh, food sacrificed to idols and they rose up to play. Uh, and that may or may not have a... Uh, have a, have a sexual and a, a worship in a sexual way connotation to it. Um, this is when you read the Old Testament. A lot of times it talks about sexual immorality and about uh, idolatry together because those two kinds of worship were, were interwoven in the Old Testament. That's probably a different Bible study for a different time <laughs> with a different guest. Um, <laughs> you tell us to, to reread, you instruct us to reread verse 13. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, in part because this is a verse that uh, lots of people rec- uh, recognize and take take great comfort in, but I sometimes hear it said, uh, "It's like it. It's like it says in the Bible, or or like the Bible alludes to when uh, when God closes a door, He opens a window, or mm-hmm. that that God gives uh, some kind of of means of escape of temptation, and." And I don't think that's what this verse is is saying. Rather, I think that the way of escape of temptation is not so much a way for me to not sin, uh, per se, but rather it's a person. The person who came to destroy temptation for me, the person who came to overthrow the devil and the world and my sinful flesh, my Savior who came into this world marching, driven by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted, to say, in the face of temptation, I beat the devil. In the face of human frailty, I beat that too. In the face of all the nations of the world, I defeat that as well. And so the way of, the way of escape of temptation, very simply, is Jesus Christ. And that's why I wanted to go there. 
Not even done yet, but already given you lots of Jesus, Pastor Peter Ill. We have more in uh, Searching the Scriptures in the March issue of the Lutheran Witness with Pastor Peter Ill of Trinity Lutheran Church, Millstadt, Illinois. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Established in 1849, St. Paul's Lutheran School of DePere, Missouri has a rich tradition of academic excellence rooted in God's Word. St. Paul's is opening a new three-story school facility, and it will feature 15 tech-enabled classrooms, science lab, STEM lab, art studio, and innovative play areas. Enrollment is available but limited. Contact St. Paul's Lutheran School for more information or visit them on the web at stplutheranschools.org. That's stplutheranschools.org. With the next Law and Gospel being an open mic Friday, you may want to phone us at 1-800-730-2727 and discuss what we spoke about this week, including Thursday's coronavirus situation. Don't hesitate to call. Listen to Law and Gospel weekday mornings beginning at 930 on KFUO. Jesus once said some very powerful words revealing that he is true God. He said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Wow. Hi, I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance. Coming up this weekend, thoughts about the oneness Jesus had and still has with the Father and how that oneness can excite you in your faith. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Thoughts about that this Saturday and Sunday morning based on John chapter 12, 745 a.m. Central. Join me. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're taking a look at Facing Temptation with Jesus. That's the Searching the Scriptures article in the March issue of The Lutheran Witness with Pastor Peter Ill, Senior Pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Millstadt, Illinois. Uh, we are uh, getting into now next, uh, let's see, we just finished 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verses 1 through 13, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Is that right, Pastor? That is correct. And Matthew 4, 1 through 11 goes like this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit, led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So this is, you know, everyone knows this text, but uh, how how does Jesus respond to these temptations, and how is that an example for us? 
when Jesus answers uh, the devil each time, he's, he begins with, it is written, and he goes back to scripture. This is why it is really helpful for us to know uh, our, our Bible, uh, to know... Uh, not only chapter and verses, but what Scripture actually says. Uh, for example, to be able to say, Scripture says that God will provide a way of escape of temptation, not just a way that I can not sin, but rather a way that my sin is overcome, the person of Jesus. And to be able to refer back to Scripture, this is why our, our confirmands and people who are learning the faith are asked to memorize uh, Bible passages and sections of hymns and portions of the catechism. And sometimes they look at me and they say, I don't like to do all this memory work, but it is from this memory work that God is preparing us to answer back to the devil just the way Jesus did. It is written. And with that authority of Jesus, we speak the word of God to the devil with the effect of be gone, because there is that mm -hmm. one little word that does overpower him. Jesus' response to Satan in this text is better than mine. This came up in uh, the readings at church recently. And as it was being read, I, I actually laughed out loud because, I, think about it, when Satan says to Jesus, all these I will give you if you will fall <laughs> down and worship me. And I just, I let out a laugh because really, like, like that already belongs to Jesus. <laughs> the earth is the Lord's and everything therein. But do notice that there are other places in the Gospels where Jesus refers to the devil as the prince of right. this world. Mm -hmm. And so for the devil, as the prince of this world, to think that he has that authority, I can follow that. But Jesus comes as an invading army to overthrow the prince of this world. Um, and so we get to say, it is written, my Lord Jesus has come for me uh, in order that he be lifted up and die so that we have life. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, Jesus talks about prayer, especially the Lord's Prayer, like this. Jesus said, Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And in Matthew's Gospel, that's how the Lord's Prayer ends. Mm -hmm. So what is the value of praying for God to not lead you into temptation, but to deliver you from evil? The value is Jesus instructs us to pray to our Father that we share in common with him. How cool is that? Jesus mm -hmm. says, when you pray, pray alongside me. You get to pray to my Father because he's your Father too. And ask him to lead you away from temptation. Uh, this is one of those translations where lead me not into temptation kind of sometimes makes us stumble and say, well, is it possible that God would lead us into temptation? Uh, but... A good way to understand this is lead me away from temptation. Lead me in the other direction from temptation. And Jesus knows that this is a thing that we need. That's why Jesus asks us, tells us to pray to our Father that we share with him about just that. Take us away from this temptation. Deliver us in a world where sin is crouching at our door. He teaches us to pray that we recognize him as the way of escape. 
Mm-hmm. I always like going back to uh, the the explanation of the Lord's Prayer, the petitions in the Catechism too, because there's so much packed into the Lord's Prayer, and we say it all the time. Uh, and it becomes becomes this thing that that we know, uh, but it's it's helpful to um, to really dig into the the explanation what that actually means when we pray to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So hopefully, people will. Go to their catechisms and read more about this. Sure. And and to hear, God certainly tempts no one. Mm-hmm. But in this petition, we pray that God would lead us away from temptation and, and deliver us from the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. Um, and I think that, that emphasis of where does temptation come from? We don't say it just comes from the devil. Indeed, it does, but it also comes from the world around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it very much fits in with, with peer pressure, but, but it's even more than that. When Jesus talks about the world, the world is usually not a very good place. It's a place that, that hates Jesus and his church. And our own sinful flesh, left to ourselves, we will fall into sin every single time. That's that's what our flesh wants us to do. So those are the three places where we see our temptation coming from. Absolutely. All right. Before we run out of time, we have one more one more scripture passage. First uh, Timothy four seven to ten. That goes like this: Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness of, is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. So you pose the question, how can you include bodily actions in training yourself in godliness? This question really comes down to the theme for this issue of the Lutheran Witness in March is of temptation and fasting. And it is in fasting that uh, that is done sometimes by giving up food entirely or mostly or by abstaining from certain foods or abstaining from other certain behaviors that we uh, discipline our flesh and, and chasten ourselves to live bodily and spiritually as God's people. Um, can you... Uh, can Christ preserve you from temptation without fasting or without giving up stuff? Absolutely. But it's a really good way for us to be reminded and for us to see our temptations. For example, if you say, I'm going to for today or for this week or for this season of time, I'm going to give up Facebook, say. It might show you every time you open your computer or every time you pull out your phone and you think, oh, it's time to go check Facebook. And then you realize, oh, that's a there's a compulsion there. Why is it that I want to go check Facebook? Um, and and it might show you selfishness or a desire to look good in front of others. And it might begin to reveal to you some of your temptations. You might do the same thing with food of saying, "Boy, I'm 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 hungry," but even more than that, I'm hangry. You know, hungry and angry <laughs> at the same time. And I'm I'm grouchy and I'm grumpy. Um, I need some comfort food to make me a better person. Whoa. That, that's a big deal when, when I catch myself saying such a thing to say, wait, I just said food's going to make me a good person or food's going to satisfy me. Food is going to teach me how to love my neighbor. What is that? That's crazy. Um, 
instead it says, wow, your, your flesh is so messed up that it wants to look for comfort, not in Jesus, but in a nice piece of meatloaf. Um, and, and Jesus doesn't buy that. And Jesus doesn't call us to meatloaf. Jesus calls us to his body and blood because he very bodily suffered and died for my sins, for my temptations, for you, for your sins, for your temptations. And so the comfort that you get isn't from meatloaf or Facebook or anything else. The comfort that you get is your Lord Jesus has delivered you from the sin crouching at your door. Your Lord Jesus suffered and died for you and calls you to faith now and forever. Amen. Amen. All that Jesus we're getting right here in this just a few great. minutes. I know. I kind of like Can having, we keep a, going? <laughs> having Bible study. We have just about a minute and a half left. Uh, if there are any other points that we didn't get to cover in our speedy Bible study this morning. <laughs> I, if it's okay, I want to go back for just a second to some of the things that were going on among the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were in the wilderness, they were... They were hungry. They wanted food or different kinds of food. They wanted water. They wanted to feel uh, that God was blessing them beyond how he was blessing all of the other nations. They were grumbling against God, serving themselves as idols, and from time to time looking for other idols to serve, uh, looking back fondly on the gods of Egypt, and doing a lot of questioning of, why would God lead us out here into the wilderness? We're going to die out here was kind of their their refrain. That question comes to us too. And so St. Paul encourages us, don't, don't get so hung up on what you want God to be. Rather, focus on who God is. God is the one. Jesus is the one who delivers you from temptation. Cast your eyes of faith there on Jesus. Not on your bellies, not on the wilderness, not on the temptation. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith. Hey, that's Amen. our gradual right now. <laughs> Facing Temptation with Jesus, uh, Pastor Peter Ill of Trinity Lutheran Church in Millstadt, Illinois, and uh, searching the scriptures in the March issue of The Lutheran Witness. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pastor Ill, for being our guest this morning and helping us search the scriptures. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs> Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.